You're listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. Now join us in opening up the God's Word as we listen to Pastor Caleb Higgins. Uh, about the last portion of Jesus with the Samaritans there, and now we're moving on to the last portion of this um, the story. And when we come to this part, Jesus is traveling again from Samaria, where he was to his original place in Galilee, where he was headed to. And so we're going to open it up in uh, John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54. And he says, uh, He went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. Um, That was the same place where he was during his first miracle that we looked at before. Um, And there was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea of Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and to heal his son, since he was about to die. Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, Come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus had said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his servants met him, saying that his boy was alive. He asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him, they answered. The father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus told him, Your son will live. So he himself believed, along with his whole household. Now this was also the second sign Jesus performed after he came to Judea, to Galilee. So we get to this point where Jesus is in Cana, where the first miracle happened with turning water into wine, which was nearby to um, his hometown, his hometown area. Uh, And in the verses uh, before that, we see that Jesus said no prophet is welcome in his hometown because they they, they knew him, they've, they've seen, Jesus grew up there. They, they knew who he was, and, and so they did not really believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and so that he kind of moved on from that area, came over to Cana. And this is where we're at. Now, Jesus' whole purpose of coming was to, what? What was it? redeem us to die for our sins, but it's to to build that relationship with himself, right? He was was here to to die for our sins, to have a relationship with us. And what does having a relationship with Christ entail? What is the main thing that entails? Faith. Faith. That's what I was looking at. Yeah, faith. Faith. True, authentic faith. And there are three things that's when I was doing my studying that I, I, I saw about faith 
in this passage. And the first one is that, that true faith requires, um, it, it's reasonable. It's, it's something that we think about. Christianity is a, um, a religion that we, it's logical, very logical. We think about things. And, and it's also a lot of faith involved as well. Another one is true faith, it's trusting. It takes a lot of trust to have true faith. And then the last one was, it's transforming. It transforms our lives when we have that type of faith. So the first one is that it's reasonable, and then we looked at it. It's um, this man, this royal official, we don't know a lot about this royal official, He's not mentioned in any other story in the Bible, but right here. Um, and being a royal official, some scholars think that he might have been somebody high uh, with King Herod at that time of, in the region of Galilee. He was a very high up man, kind of like how Nicodemus was um, with the Jews. He was a royal official. People knew him. He was um, sophisticated with everything. He had all everything that he needed at his disposal. Um, but he lived in Capernaum, which was probably about 20 miles away from where they were at right now. And this royal official came to Cana because his son was dying at the moment. He had tried everything. Like I said, he was a royal official. He had uh, all the finest doctors at the time there. They couldn't do anything at it. He was at his wit's end. He had tried everything in his ability to help heal his son. Nothing had worked. And he had heard that Jesus was coming to Cana. Word traveled fast at that time. He had heard of all the miracles and things that, were, that Jesus had done and, and went there. And that's the first step of faith. It's a very little bit of faith, but it's, it's the very first step. He heard, he thought about it, he had tried everything, and he came to his rock-bottom position, and he said, maybe... Jesus can do something for me. And then he travels. He travels from Capernaum to Cana. I don't know how many days he traveled or if he did it all in one day. Like I said, it's about 20 miles, so he probably traveled in one day up there. And when he got to Jesus, he said, maybe Jesus can do something for me. And he asked Jesus something. What does he ask Jesus? He says, Jesus, can you help my son? Can you come down to my house and help my son, for he is dying? With this faith that he had, this little bit of faith, it was something maybe a little bit deeper. And Jesus responds in a way that we consider it weird, but um, we're used to Jesus saying weird things, like um, at the water and the wine, says, it's not my time yet, with the lady at the well, hey, 
I'm thirsty. Can you give me some, or I have some living water. You know, he's, he, he's saying these things that have deeper meaning to it. And so when Jesus says to him, he says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. That had to be a slap in the face to this royal official. And the Greek portion, I know you don't care about Greek, but that you, and there is a plural you, meaning all y'all. Okay, he wasn't just talking to the he he wasn't just talking to the royal official, but he was talking to everybody else there. He said, "All y'all, look for these signs and wonders, but yet you still don't believe." This guy was at his wits' end, trying to figure out how to save his son, and I can't. I I can. If one of my sons was, was dying like that, too, I would be trying everything at my disposal to help him out, even if it was traveling far away. That's what this guy did. And so he went to Jesus, and he hears this. He's probably like, what do you, what do you mean? I, just, I, 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 need you, I need you to help him. Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. He's asking Jesus and pleading with him to come. So he believes, this royal official believes, that Jesus has the power to heal him. He believes this. He thinks that it's true. He's heard about these signs and wonders that Jesus has done, and he wants that. But Jesus is getting at a deeper issue. He's saying, just because I've done these signs and I've done these miracles, you're going to take them, you're going to rejoice for a little while, and you're going to go back to your old normal self. But that's not what I'm here for. But this, this royal official was looking deeper into it. Jesus says, go, your son will live. What do you think he was, he was thinking at that time? What do you mean? Well, we know exactly what he is thinking because later it says the man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. But if I was trying everything with the doctors, and they say, it's, it's not really an issue, I'm not going to really help him out, but he, he's going to live. I just got to think that it's got to be devastating. But this royal official thought this through. He thought it through. Through the whole journey from Capernaum to Cana, he thought that Jesus could help him out. And he gets there, he pleads with him to come to his house to heal him. And then Jesus says, go, your son will live. And the interesting part about this is 
not only will his fever be gone, but he will live eternally. And we see that later on. And so this official, he thinks that Jesus can do these miracles. And then he leaves, and he believes him. He believes what Jesus said. And that comes to our next point was faith is trusting. He trusts that the promise that God himself gave to him is going to happen. Now we notice that the official doesn't immediately run home. I would be, (coughs) because... We see that the servants came to meet him, and he asked, what time did this happen? And they said, yesterday. So this was a day after. He kind of, he he trusted, and he believed, and he put his whole faith into what God said, and it just brought a peace to him, that he was able to go back home, not having to rush, but he knew when he got home that he would see his son well. And then when the servants came to meet him about halfway or whatever, some, some amounts away from Capernaum, he asked them, what time did this happen? And they said, you know, about one o'clock. And the, the royal official said, that was the exact same time I was talking and pleading with Jesus. His faith got restored. Not not only did he just believe, but his faith just grew. Yes, it grew because he believed, he trusted, he thought it all through, and he knew that the Son of God was going to do something. Not just signs and wonders. Because at that moment, I bet you that royal official, his heart was transformed. His heart was transformed. And that's the last part of this faith, of having true faith. It is transforming. Jesus gave this man a bigger gift than he even expected. He wanted the fever or, uh, to be gone, or whatever sickness this was to be gone. But Jesus transformed the whole family for this time. The key to faith is trusting the promises of God. What God has laid out and what He has set upon our hearts. And when we believe in that, we will not only be transformed, but it's going to to happen. Some of these prosperity teachers say, give money. I'm just going to test it out. Give money to the church, all right? Give money to the church, and it's going to come back to you tenfold. All right, you give 
$100, you're going to get $1,000 out of it. And then it doesn't happen. It's like, well, you, you didn't have enough faith. You just didn't have enough faith. You got to pray harder. You got you to do this. You always got to do something with a lot of these, a lot of these guys. But, but faith is believing. We don't have to do anything because God's already done it. Faith requires us to think through it. It requires for us to, to believe it and truly believe it. Not just the head knowledge of believe it, but set it root in our heart to a point to where it gives us peace of no matter what happens, God's going to get us through the situation. Now, we might not have sons or, or kids dying right now, but we have other things, anxieties, worries about tomorrow, worries about all of these results and, and things coming out. Tony, God's got this. He's got this. And whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. He, he's got it, no matter what. We don't know what happened with the royal official when he went back home. Yes, he, he probably gave his son a big, gigantic hug about it, but, but that's not part of the story. What the part of the story is, is he went back and he told his family what had happened, and the whole family believed. Sometimes we get put in situations that test our faith. It tests our faith. And in those situations, we have to lean back on the promises that God has given to us. There is a, a saying that I took up in racing. I've never really heard it until I got into racing, but a lot of people said, well, it is what it is. It is what it is. And, and, and I believe that. It is what it is. Because I'm not the one that's in control of the future. I'm not the one that's in control of these situations. It's God that's in control. And whatever God brings upon us, He's going to get us through it the way that He wants it to come about. This royal official knew, um, he, he, we don't know, he may have to face later on his son dying again, or, but we knew that he had to come face to face with death. But I bet you he had peace about all of that because not only did he see these signs and wonders that Christ had done, he believed in him. Later on, we, we see um, Jesus feeding the 5,000 with some loaves and some fish. And it's a big, marvelous miracle. 
But how many of those 5,000 stayed around with Jesus? They came for what Jesus offered, but they did not stay for the true offering of what he could give. How often do we only ask God for certain things because we know that he can do something, but we, don't, we just want to see him do it? We, we don't want anything else. We, we just want that outcome to happen. A lot of times we, we do that. We, we come to Christ for something that he can give, to us tangibly, not what he can do to us spiritually. True faith requires for us to believe in him and then let that belief transform us into however he wants us to be. A lot of these peoples that, that Jesus had came in contact with and saw these things were probably marveled. They probably thought that he was a, a great magician or something of that sort. And they got entertainment out of it. But they didn't get transformed. There's a verse in Matthew that I refer to a lot. Matthew 7, 20. And it says, Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But Lord, didn't I do this for you? Didn't I perform these miracles for you? Didn't I do this for you? But the Lord says, Depart from me, I never knew you. The sad thing about Churches is not everybody in the church is a true believer. They haven't let the faith transform them. We come for the signs and miracles and the spectacle that churches have. Some churches even have great spectacles where it's like a concert, but beside the point. But some of those churches are very faithful as well. But we need to let the promises that Jesus has given to us take root and to transform us. Grasp a hold of that. Believe in that. Say, God, you've got this. The man begged and pleaded for Jesus to come to his house. But Jesus did it a different way that the man never even thought of. He thought that Jesus was going to have to come down there, lay hands on the, on the boy or, or something of this sort. But Jesus just spoke it, and it happened. And he believed. He took his time going back home. He had that peace and comfort just come over him. I'd say this man is not just a guy that can turn water into wine or 
can do miraculous deeds, there's something different about him. His whole family believed because it transformed this royal official. We've already been given a lot of things in our lives from God. A grace, a lot of graces, a lot of a lot of blessings. He might have protected us from accidents or things that, that happened. Katie and I last week went to um, went to Texarkana for a date night, and we were running just a little bit behind of what we were wanting to go. But when we got to about New Boston, there was this bad accident that happened right there. And I said, you know, and it just happened. I mean, it just happened. The police weren't even on the scene yet. They were, they were behind me because I saw, saw the officer turn on his lights, and I was like, all right, Katie, I'm getting pulled over. <laughs> but I didn't know what was ahead of me. And, uh, and, and I said, you know what, Katie? For us running just a little bit behind, maybe God was protecting us from this bad accident. We have to have the faith in Christ that transforms. Every day we exercise faith in some sort or another. Every one of you, about about 6.30, you all exercised some faith in this building right now because you sat down in those chairs. You had faith that those chairs were going to hold you up. And if you sat down in that chair and it gave way, and we said that we fixed it the next week, and said this is the exact same chair, would you believe that we fixed it? No. Okay, if I said I fixed it, now if if Jimmy fixed it or, or Casey fixed it or something, you would probably believe it and sit right back down. But if I said I fixed it, you probably would be looking under there, you know, did he really, what's his duct tape doing, you know, dangling? But you exercised the faith just even sitting down. If it's easy to exercise faith in that, it's easy to exercise faith in a promise that has been here for at least 2,000 years in the man form of Jesus, but he was, he was here long before that as well, okay? He, he didn't just show up on the scene when he was born. Jesus was here forever. Thousands upon thousands of years of proof. Billions, I wouldn't say billions. Millions and millions and millions of lives changed. There might be billions of lives changed within that time period and having faith. If we have faith in a chair, we can have faith in the one that gave us life. It's sad to see people fall away from the faith. And we think, oh, they just they fell away. 
Well, they didn't fall away because they were never one of us to begin with. They came for looking for something other than what Christ could truly give. It's, it's weird to see we have some cousins that came from a, um, a household of whose parents were, were, the dad was a pastor in all of his life, and he went into, um, went to a Christian college and was considering the call to ministry. Just learned recently that he now considers himself an agnostic because there's, he doesn't think that there is enough evidence that God is real. Being, being raised in, in this and seeing everything that God brought them from, from churches and, and all of the, the hardships that, that churches bring on the families, And then welcoming their, their new daughter into this world this past week and, and just can't really see the evidence that, that God's real. Not, he's not for sure. That's what agnostic means, is he's not for sure if there is a God or not, and there's not enough evidence there for him to see that. That's what agnostic means. An atheist is, there, there is no God. But agnostic means he's, they're not for sure. And so that faith that sometimes we think we have, we've placed it in something else. Were we looking for these signs and wonders? Or were we looking for this transformation? Sometimes it takes... It, Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom before we come to our senses. What's the story of the prodigal son's kind of about? The son went off, squandered all his money, and was eating the same food as the pigs before he came to his senses. No, I need to go back to my father. Have the faith that transforms. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. There's enough on our plate right now. We don't need to worry about next week, about what's going to happen next week or next month or so on and so forth. It's good to plan. But if we worry about that, we have no control. We, can, we don't even have control of what's going to happen two minutes from now. We don't have any control of what's going to happen one second from now. We are living in the present, which every second that takes away is the past. We don't have control over that, but we know the one, Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit are the ones that holds this world in the palm of their hands. 
We need to have that faith that He's got this. He's going to bring us through whatever it is. We need to have the faith that the royal official had. Belief, even though we didn't see it, he believed that his son was going to be healed. He couldn't physically see it at that moment because he was away, but he believed. We need to believe that God's going to bring us through whatever situation we're dealing with. When that peace comes to us, that's when we know that we're right where God wants us to be. It's a wonderful thing about peace. That's when you know you're where God wants you. If you're not comfortable in some places or, or things of like that, Start asking God, what, what is it that you, you want to show me? Why am I worrying over all this stuff? Worry is a lack of faith. A lot easier said than done. I, I, I know that. But we need to have that faith that we believe in the promises of Christ. And what are the promises? They're in, they're in the Scripture. They're in the Scripture. C.S. Lewis, in his book called Miracles, he says that miracles are more than powerful acts, but they're a demonstration of who Jesus is. Miracles are more than powerful acts. It's a demonstration of who Jesus is. He's powerful. And we need to trust Him. We need to trust that He's going to get us through this. All right. Um, we'll pray, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I told you I'd get you out before 8 o'clock and the rain come through. All right, let's pray. God, I, I ask that tonight, um, no matter what situations we're going through, Lord, but uh, that the faith that we have will be the true, authentic faith. That faith that you will bring us through, no matter what, situation is, and that we know that you are the one that, um, that whatever your will is, Lord, that, that that's what we want to happen. We want you to get the glory and honor in everything that, uh, that happens. But uh, selfishly, God, we ask that uh, these, these, these cancers, Lord, that's uh, happening um, in our church body, Lord, that, that they will be, that you will just touch them, Lord, and, and that it will just be something, some miracle just so grand that uh, the doctors can't explain it, none of them can explain any of this, and then let those individuals say, Lord, it, it was Christ that did this. Now let me tell you about him. Lord, I ask that 
You give strength to each and every individual here, Lord, that, that we will um, go out and we will be the lighthouse in the darkness. Lord, that we will believe, we'll put our faith in you, and that we'll let you transform our lives in the way that you want us to be. You are the potter, we're the clay. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. We thank you for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We are located on Highway 259 just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past, but care about your future.